You're listening to Illini Life Audio, messages from a community of Christian believers on the campus of University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. For more audio and video content, visit IlliniLife.org. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Easter. Happy Resurrection Day. Uh, It's good to be with you all. This is the pinnacle of our faith. This is the most important holiday we celebrate as Jesus followers, isn't it? And I'm glad to be here with my church family, and I'm glad so many of you uh, are are unfamiliar faces. Yes, I'm glad you've joined us. Well, uh, if you've been with us in the past weeks, you know that we've been building towards this day through our Lent series. And as Russ reminded us last week, We told the story in reverse chronology. We started with the crucifixion at the first week of Lent. And we went back to the Old Testament, right? And we looked at the Exodus, or we looked at the Passover and the Exodus, and we saw how they foreshadowed the coming Messiah. And then last week, Russ reflected on Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem, which ultimately led to the Last Supper, his confrontation with the religious elite, and his crucifixion and his body laid in the tomb. And that brings us to today, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Day. He is risen. Thanks. I'm glad some of you... Uh, Well, if you remember, Russ used a film analogy last last week, and I alluded to it with reverse chronology. So if we continue that, today is the sequel, right? We ended the story on a cliffhanger. Jesus was dead and put in the tomb. Hope was lost. Right? Our story, it had Jesus foreshadowed and he came and there was greatness and there was worship and there was excitement as he entered Jerusalem. He had quite the following and everything looked like this might be the Savior that freed the Jewish people. But then the the plot twisted. And he was executed on a Roman cross, laid in that tomb. And now, in the second act, we see the resurrection. We see hope restored, the return of a king, the return of the Jedi, maybe? Uh, I'm getting filmed up. That's great. Right? Uh, That's a little irreverent, but that's okay. (laughs) Sequels, epic stories, that's sort of where we were, we were uh, reflecting on it last week, and, and I liked that. I wanted us to continue there. We can't really get enough of these, can we? Right now in our society, our film, it's just laden with this. We have Star Wars, Harry Potter, Avengers, Marvels, uh, and, then, and then my favorite, right? Lord of the Rings. Yeah. What a great story. Sequels, epics, they get our attention. They pull us in. They give us, they hold out that hope that maybe good will win, that the hero will succeed this time, that hope would be restored. They offer maybe that cliffhanger will be resolved in a way that feels satisfactory. And they keep keep us coming back for more. They get our attention. And this is because sequels, they continue our loved stories. They widen our understanding of the, the, the world that we're entering into, the characters that we love and we follow. And, and for me, I, I ultimately, I think about the final installment of The Lord of the Rings, right? Return of the King, 
where Aragorn takes the throne and unites the kingdoms, and he transforms. He's no longer Strider, a mere ranger. He's the king. He's something new. He steps into a fuller understanding of himself and showing us who he really is. Our perspective shifts on who he is. We see him anew. Shifting perspectives, fresh understanding, new viewpoints, it's all over the place. It's in our film, it's in our social media, it's uh, it's in our interactions with one another as we learn more about each other. You know, I thought about, uh, thought about my Facebook feed and how it's filled with, with slanted news, biased rhetoric, revisionist history. It's curated to, to me and what they think I want to read, uh, or, or I've hidden the things I don't want to read or see. It reinforces or challenges my perspectives. It can either cause me to shift or it can cause me to stay entrenched. And think about any controversial issue. Black Lives Matters, the role of government, justice for the oppressed, gender inequality. In many ways, our culture, it looks at the same thing and comes to two different conclusions. Different perspectives, shifting perspectives. Let, let me, let's use a little less loaded example to show you what I mean here. Do you remember this? <laughs> Laurel. So let's play it one more time. Laurel. What did you hear? Did you hear Yanny or Laurel? Right. Well, if you heard Yanny, you're wrong. That's what, that's what they told us, right? Uh, which, is, which is a really interesting statement, right? Uh, what you heard is wrong. But no, the, the audiologist, the, the original recorder, even Miles explained it to us this morning, why you hear Yanny instead of Laurel. The original recording is Laurel. The truth was revealed. But it's a bad quality recording. It's distorted. It's kind of meant to trick you. And many of the population, over half of it, hears Yanny. It depends on what you listen to it, how you listen to it, the frequency response, all these things. I don't know. Talk to Miles more. He'll give you a really helpful explanation. Well, that was kind of a big deal for like a minute last year, right? People were like all over Twitter and Facebook yelling at each other. Um, well, maybe you, maybe you missed that one. Maybe you remember this one. What color is that dress? Is it gold and white or blue and, uh, blue and black, right? Well, again, right, the experts spoke. The truth was revealed. What, who took the, that original picture? The dress, it's blue and black. You know, but, but the photo, it's washed out, it's poor quality, bad lighting. And, and because of the way that people perceive color, you know, there was a lot of controversy. People, a very high percentage of the population, I think it's like 37% when polled, saw it as gold and white. But there was a truth. It was blue and black. Well, maybe, maybe you missed those completely. And this is more from my childhood about perspectives. Magic eye. Oh, yeah. You remember these? Is anyone else completely frustrated by these? Yeah. I have never been able to see them. They've never worked for me. I still think it's a hoax. Like when people are like, oh, I see a whale. I'm like, sure you do. Right? I don't know. Maybe it's my vision problems. They make it so I can't see it. Maybe I just don't get it. I'm not patient enough. But supposedly, if you didn't catch this trend, there's a 3D image hidden in this mess of colors and shapes. And if you look at the 2D image correctly, it'll be revealed magically. Your eyes will see it. Magic eye. And that's sort of what I'm trying to get at with all these examples. That's the thing about truth. 
Seeing the truth, interpreting truth, requires a right perspective. Two people can look at the same picture and one see a 3D image clear as day. And the others of us just see a mix of colors and shapes amounting to just a 2D mess on the page. Interpreting truth requires right perspective. And that's what I want us to focus in on. That's what I want us to see about the resurrection this morning. I want us to see that the resurrection puts everything into right perspective. The resurrection tells us the truth about God and us. The tomb being empty reveals so much about the truth of who Jesus was and his magnitude, his impact on the world. That's what we're talking about today. So let's look at our passage to start unpacking this. We're going to read Matthew 28, 1 through 10, but we're going to read it three different times this morning with three different focuses. So pull it up on your Bible, on your, uh, your phone, or open your Bible, or I've put the words on the screen for you to follow along. And so as, as we look at this passage, remember, we're jumping into a narrative. We're jumping into the days after the crucifixion. The followers of Jesus, they have been heartbroken. Their hope has been lost. Their leader has been killed. They're putting back the pieces of their life. They're going back to where they have been. And here in our passage, we're going to see that a few of the women that have been following Jesus, they're going to tend to his body at the tomb. But they don't find it there. No, they don't find it because he is risen. Let's read Matthew 28, 1 through 10. Now after the Sabbath, towards the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, and an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and they ran to tell the disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. So there's our passage. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, right? Like, as a side, that's awesome, right? How would you like to be referred to as the other Mary? It's kind of, <laughs> yikes. Um, we, we know the other Mary. It's, it's, it's distinguished. He's distinguishing between the two. This is Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, that, that's been mentioned in the, the account of the crucifixion just earlier. Um, so th- this Mary, she was there. She was present. She was a follower of Jesus. So the Marys, let's call them that, the Marys, they're headed to the tomb early on Sunday morning and they're filled with fear. But so are the guards. Why is everyone filled with fear? Well, the text told us, right? Because there's another earthquake, and an angel descends from heaven. 
Now, we don't know if this earthquake, if it's an aftershock from like the one after Jesus had died on the cross, if it's a, a product of the angel descending from heaven, or if, it's, or if it's maybe the means he uses to roll the rock back. It does, it's not very clear. We just know that the earth shook, the ground shook, which is a terrifying feeling if you've never felt that. And then add that to the mix, a radiant angel is sitting on the tomb as they approach. This is why everyone is filled with fear. All of these things are out of the ordinary. All of them are unexpected. They were approaching a tomb to to care for their dead leader, and the ground shook and an angel appeared. They're in awe. They're in fear. But they're not the only ones that are afraid, right? No, the, the text, it tells us that the guards, they trembled, and they became like dead men. They are so afraid, they are paralyzed. They can't move. They became like dead men. These, these are Roman guards. They are battle-hardened, conquerors of the known world, Roman guards. And they tremble with fear and are paralyzed. They can't move. This must have been a sight to see. Well, the angel, he, he addresses the women and he invites them to move past their fear. He says, come and see. Come and see that Jesus isn't here because he is risen. And that reality, that reality that Jesus has risen from the dead, it moves them, it moves the Marys beyond their fear to come and see and then to go and tell. Right? We see that the spiritually dead, when they encountered the work of God, the magnitude of what he has done, they remain spiritually dead and they become physically like a dead man. Yet the spiritually alive, when they encountered the work of God, they take action. Fear of God paralyzes one and it motivates another. Fear of God stops one dead in their tracks and moves another to to encounter God deeper, to take another look. Fear, we know it. It can be a crippling emotion. I think we can understand where these guards are at. But Jesus, he calls us out of it, doesn't he? He calls us to be alive, to be men and women who trust and lean on him. Over and over again, as God interacts with humanity, we're told not to fear but to trust him. We're invited to trust and lean in on the fact that he is our God and our provider. Isaiah 41 says this, uh, 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Very famous verse. All over scripture, God calls us to trust and not fear. The resurrection, it puts our fear in perspective. And it does that because the resurrection puts everything into right perspective. And so my question to you is, where do you need Jesus to invite you to come and see, to come alive and move past your fear in life? Where are the areas you need to trust that he is your God and King, that he will strengthen and help you? Let's continue on our passage. Let's look back at it again. And this time as we read it, I want you uh, to see the invitation that the angel extends and that Jesus, as he encounters them, 
uh, the ways that, that there's a, a visual references, that there's an invitation to see. There's lots of visual things happening here. That's what I want us to cue in on. Okay, so let's read. Now, after the Sabbath, towards the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. You notice all the visual references? I tried to give you cues. Uh, These references, they're not by accident. Matthew is, is intentional here. He's showing us that it isn't blind faith that we hold to. It's faith built on evidence. Faith built on encountering and seeing God's work firsthand. The angel, he tells the women the truth that has transpired, right? He offers, he tells them, Jesus isn't here, he's raised. But he doesn't stop there, right? He invites them to come and see it themselves. Come and see. And Jesus He does the same. He doesn't just let it be their encounter or the angel's word. No, he shows himself to them. He makes it abundantly clear. He takes it one step further. In the flesh, the risen Jesus manifests to them. He shows up and he interacts with them. It it seems clear to me there is no doubt in their mind what has happened. This is Jesus. They know they have fallen at his feet. They have touched him. They have spoken to him. He was dead on the cross, but now he stands alive before them. And they're filled with joy. And they can't help themselves, but they follow the instruction, right? They quickly return to tell everyone. Right? Their belief in Jesus and him resurrected, it wasn't just an empty tomb. It was seeing, tomb. It was seeing Jesus. It was encountering him. It wasn't hearsay or feelings. It was fact. It's based on evidence. And that's true of us. Our faith, it's built on the foundation of encountering the resurrected Jesus Christ in our lives by seeing his power, seeing his work. Have you encountered him? Do you know him? Have you invited him to be a part of your life? He's inviting you to come and see, to enter into a relationship. Are you letting him shift your perspective? Are you letting him reveal the truth? See, faith, faith it's not blind faith. It's planted on the foundation 
of God's work in our lives, God's work attested to in Scripture. And we know this because the resurrection puts faith in perspective. Because that's what the resurrection does. It puts everything into perspective. So where do you need to encounter the resurrected Jesus in your life? Where do you need to shore up the foundation of your faith? Where do you need to cry out to him that he would be more real to you? All right, well, let's look back at our passage one last time. And this time, I want us to watch specifically for how the women interact with Jesus. It's key. So read along with me. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, and it, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. So Jesus, whom they knew and had followed, was laid dead in a tomb. They had to go see this. They had to go see him one more time. Maybe, maybe they had to go to, to tend to the body. There's a lot of speculation of, of what they were, were doing, laying it to final rest, helping it be prepared. We don't really know exactly, but we do know that whatever their plans were, they quickly changed, didn't they? Now, they weren't encountering a, a, tomb, any, uh, a, a tomb full of a dead body. It was empty. And after seeing the angel and the empty tomb, they realized something miraculous had happened. The true Jesus had been revealed. And the women, they believed he was raised from the dead and were filled with fear and great joy. As they hurry back to tell the disciples they encounter the risen Jesus, they fall to the ground, they grasp his feet, and they worship. They worshipped him in response. And this is controversial. This is an act that would have been reserved only for God. It would have been heresy for a Jew to do this to any human individual. Encountering the resurrected Jesus shifted their perspective on what had happened those preceding days. It shifted their perspective on what Jesus taught It illuminated his true identity. No longer was he a mere rabbi to them. No longer was he a wise teacher, a good moral authority. He turned out not to be 
the, the military leader some wanted. But no, he, he turned out to be something far greater, didn't he? Something even more. This was God, and they recognized it. This was the one with authority over life and death, yeah. the one that conquered the grave, the one that was dead and now stood alive before them. The resurrection, it proves that Jesus is who he said he was. He is the Son of God, the promised Messiah, the eternal Word of God through whom all that is was made. The resurrection proves Jesus is God. And because Jesus is God, his sacrifice on the cross is sufficient for our sins. He wasn't just another victim of the Roman judicial system. No, 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 this, this was God forfeiting his life that we could gain it. This was God suffering in the flesh so that we didn't have to. This was God taking on our sin, the sin of the world, to bring us back into relationship with him. The resurrection, it demonstrates the power of God over death the power of God over creation, and the power of God over us. It changes us. The empty tomb, it shows that the grave couldn't hold Jesus, and it won't hold us either. Paul reminds us in Romans, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the, his spirit who dwells in you. The spirit of God, in all its power that raised Jesus from the dead, now lives in us as followers of Jesus. In Christ, we who were once dead in our sins are made alive. In Christ, we who were far from God have been brought near. And all of this was through the power of God, not the power of man. Without the resurrection, without it, if it didn't happen, Jesus, he's just another religious leader that was executed. He's just another Jewish man that was oppressed by the Roman overlords. Without the resurrection, Jesus doesn't conquer the grave. Now, laying down his life, it was just another tragic story of loss. But the resurrection happened. With the resurrection, Jesus is the king of all creation. He is our God and Savior. He is our sufficient sacrifice. Because the resurrection, it puts Jesus in perspective that's what the resurrection does. It puts everything into right perspective, doesn't it? And so I ask you, where do you need to see Jesus for who he truly is? And this morning, have you made a choice to follow him as your Savior, as your God and King? Do you know the true Jesus, or do you need your perspective to be shifted? And so as we've encountered the, the resurrected Jesus in the text this morning, I hope your perspective has been shifted. I hope that you have seen that the resurrection sets fear aside, that it builds our faith, and that it reveals the true Jesus. And as we close, I, I, I want to leave you with three observations 
of how changed perspectives, how the resurrection changed things and calls us to respond. We see these from, from the Marys. And so as Mary Magdalene and the other Mary encountered the risen Christ, they were invited to respond. We also are invited to respond. See, they responded in worship. They fell to his feet. They clasped them and they worshiped him. They worshiped because they saw him for who he was. He was their God, their Savior, their King. He invites you to do the same, to fall to your knees and worship. And as you've encountered Jesus in the text this morning, have you seen him as your God and Savior? If so, respond in worship. We'll have a chance in a moment to do so. If not, I beg you, take a second look. He's inviting you to come and see. Let's, let's continue on. Another, another response. The Marys, they also, they responded by going, by taking action. They're moved They can't sit still. They're filled with joy and they rush to find others. Now, they couldn't sit idly. They couldn't sit idly by after what they had discovered. Jesus was alive again and they had to respond. And as you've encountered the risen Christ this morning in the text, have you been stirred to take action in your life? Are you rededicating yourself to follow Jesus with your whole life rather than just on Sunday mornings? Are you asking Jesus to rebuild your faith in the areas it feels weak? Are you listening for his voice for where he tells you to go and following? So that's observation two. Respond by going, by taking action. And lastly, the women, they responded by telling others. They couldn't keep what they had discovered to themselves. Now this had to be shared. This was too big. The news of the resurrection has to be shared. The news of who Jesus is and what he has done has to be shared. It's not meant for us. It's meant for everyone. And so as you've encountered Jesus in the text this morning, have you been moved to share with others? I hope you have. So observation three, respond by telling Tell someone about Jesus. Tell them how he's transformed your life, how he's shifted your perspective. Will you pray with me this morning?